Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm happy we have a poetic submission for this week. This poem comes from Tiana Hansen, and Tiana's poem is entitled, My Body is Saying. My body is saying, be kind. Practice compassion in every move. Be gentle to me. Respect me and hold me with complete love. The universe is saying, be aware. Practice mindful manifestation in every thought and breath. There is not always a reason, but there is always a lesson. My body says, listen, and I will tell you all our secrets. I will hold you when everything else floats away like a fierce waterfall. I will be here always to cradle your soul, to guide you home. My body is saying, welcome. I am glad you are here. Stay a while. We will discuss hope and how to believe in our abilities. Yes, Tiana, thank you so much for your poem. I love it. A big focus of our work has been that holistic pathway to healing and not leaving out our bodies. And so I love you highlighting the ways in which our body speaks, our body remembers, our body guides, our bodies welcome us back home. And our bodies also ring alarms to let us know when we are drifting away from ourselves. Our bodies let us know when we are feeling safe and when we are feeling unsafe. Our bodies respond when we, we when we hear truth and when we hear falsehoods. Our, our bodies are a thermometer letting us know uh, the read of the room, the read of the space, the read of this particular point in our lives. And so our bodies are central to our healing journey. It is not just a mental exercise, a cognitive exercise. And for those who are focused in the spiritual realm, the spiritual is important. And at the same time, body and spirit are incomplete if we are ignoring, erasing, neglecting these physical bodies, right? These are the temples that we are walking out our days in and we want to be thoughtful. And as Tiana said, be mindful uh, of ourselves on the journey. So thank you so much for that piece. And today's 
focus is healing without an apology. Mm, Healing without an apology. And this episode is being shared and cultivated by request. And while the request came from one person, I know that many of us at various points in our lives have to make that difficult decision to embark on a healing journey, even when the apology has not come, even when the apology is not going to come from those who have hurt or harmed you. And so I invite you to just pause and reflect for a moment. For some of you, as soon as I said the title, that is where you are right now. So it does not require a lot of reflection. But others of you, uh, the offense, the violation, the harm, the hurt uh, may have not been recent. And so reflecting on what did I do with that uh, injury, with that wound, given that I never received an apology? And so for some of you, it is getting in touch with uh, the impact of the experience. And for others, it is to even come to a place of truth telling to admit to yourself that it hurt. Some of us get hurt on a deep level, but do not acknowledge it to ourselves. So what that sounds like is I don't care or it doesn't matter or I don't even think about that um, or it can show up in us constantly thinking of the other person while we have given no thought to ourselves, to our hearts, right, to the impact um, of the words or the behavior uh, on our well-being and uh, to even be tuned into how the wound has shown up in your life. Because while for some it has shown up with depression or anxiety or shame, uh, for others it may manifest more in behavior when you're not in tune with your emotions. And so it may have shown up in you sabotaging, uh, isolating, withdrawing, uh, being aggressive. It may show up in people-pleasing, in perfectionism, in busyness. It may show up in nightmares, in insomnia. It may show up in uh, a compromised immune system where the body is perpetually feeling the weight of the wound, even though we have not fully to ourselves acknowledged the womb. So this is an important piece of our journey. And I want to first name uh, some of the reasons why people don't apologize. And I want to say that uh, apologizing when it is from an authentic place uh, takes a level of emotional maturity and self-awareness. And uh, some people lack, have not developed the emotional capacity to tolerate the confession of their own wrongdoing. That it takes 
uh, and emotional strength and ego strength to be able to look at the ways in which I have fallen short or look at the ways in which I have done things that I regret or that I feel I should not have done that uh, were harmful or hurtful to other people or circumstances, that for some it is much easier to sit with the wrongs of others than the wrongs that we have committed ourselves. And so uh, some of the people in your life who have hurt you have not developed internally the capacity to acknowledge, sit with, and then name to you uh, their wrong. Some people can acknowledge it within themselves, but then it takes an additional step to be able to speak it, say it, acknowledge it. Not only do some people lack that uh, emotional capacity, I want to say that some people are not sorry. The reason why some have not apologized to you is because they don't feel they did anything wrong. So they may feel justified because you did some things wrong. And so they feel that uh, what they did is much uh, smaller or equal to what you did. Um, and so therefore you don't get an apology. Some people don't feel they did anything wrong because they don't uh, allow for perspective taking. So perspective taking means that I can see something from someone else's vantage point. So if someone's, someone hurts you, but their response is, um, I didn't do it on purpose, or their response is, you're being sensitive, I just was being honest, then they are seating themselves in their own vantage point and are not sitting with how it landed for you, how it felt for you, how you experienced it, to think about, is there another way that I could have even said or gone about uh, what it was I was doing? And was it even necessary, right? Uh, that takes some perspective taking and also can take uh, some compassion. Some people are not going to apologize to you because they were raised or taught as a child or in prior relationships uh, that apologies aren't necessary, that you just move on as if nothing happened. So they may not even have it modeled for them. What does it look like when people sincerely apologize, right? And so instead they can uh, just shift into behaviors. So there are these videos going around in social media where couples are showing how they apologize without words, right? Or without verbally giving an apology. So in the video, they'll say things like, you want to go get something to eat? You want to come watch TV with me? You want to cuddle? So the words were never spoken and the quote unquote apology is in the invitation uh, or the shifting to a new topic, right? Um, and so some are waiting for an apology and the person has gone on with different behaviors and assumed that it's over. And so if you raise it, then they're like, oh, you're still mad about that, even though they never gave the apology, right? 
And then some people associate apology with weakness. And so I am not going to apologize because I'm not going to be weak and can really dig into that or based on their past experiences with you or with other people, they may feel like if I give an apology, it gives people fuel that people will use that against me to continuously say, well, remember when you did such and such. And so if I never acknowledge it, the thought can be, you can never throw it back in my face, right? So then uh, they are refusing to speak it because they think the admission is ammunition, right? And so uh, deny, deny, deny. And of course, that um, also is the teaching that some people have received as it relates to wrongdoing is even when you're caught in the lie, continue to lie. That even when you're caught being out of order, uh, hold on to the lie, hoping that you can escape the consequence. Yes. So whatever the reason is uh, for the lack of apology, I want you to know that when you have been wronged, hurt, abused, misused, discarded, abandoned, that you deserved better, that no one, no one deserves mistreatment or abuse or violation in any form, that we do not deserve disrespect. And I want you to consider the impact of waiting for the apology before you heal. Right? When we ask, can I heal without the apology, you want to consider for yourself, what are the alternatives? If I do not take my healing into my hands and I continue to leave my healing in the hands of those who harmed me and wait for them to stitch me back together again, who is continuing to be harmed by my disengagement in my own process? That if I continue to need people to explain to me why they hurt me, why they harmed me, then I am putting my journey on pause that I cannot move forward until they give me an explanation and an apology. And so when I frame my life in that way, I remain in a box and I have given those who hurt me the key. And I am saying only when they decide I can get out of this box will I begin to live again. Oh, I want you to know that many of us have wasted months, years, lifetimes waiting for those who were hurtful to bring us medicine, waiting for those who had the dagger in their hand to give us roses. And I want to invite you to consider 
You are deserving of healing. And while the harm was not in your hands, the wholeness is. Your journey, your recovery, your process is actually in your hands. And so we think about it as a radical act of love to love myself more than those who harmed me. Either those who harmed me did not care for me, or perhaps, depending on who they were, they cared for you, but cared for themselves and their ego and their needs and priorities and their desires more than they cared for you. But on today, we get to decide as a radical act of love that I love myself enough to occupy my life. I love myself enough to invest in my own healing. I love myself enough to claim my empowerment that I will not live the rest of my life waiting, that I take my power back. I take my life back, my body back, my mind, my heart, my spirit, my time back. And I pick myself up from these discarded pieces and I choose me. I am no longer waiting for the parent who abandoned me to choose me, for the partner who rejected me to choose me, to the stranger on the street who violated, disrespected, dishonored me. I am no longer waiting for them to choose me, supervisor, co-worker, relative, ex-friend, frenemy, enemy. I am no longer waiting for them to decide I am deserving of their apology. I am in a space where I am loving and choosing me because I see how necessary it is. And I have decided to no longer pay the cost of my self-neglect, of my self-abandonment, of my powerlessness, of my waiting. So we respond to ourselves with tenderness, with compassion, and with an urgency because the waiting is disempowering and it it deepens the wound. It deepens the wound to keep waiting for someone to give you what you can indeed give yourself. So a part of this healing without apology recognizes the importance I've shared in a prior podcast, which is there is a difference between uh, uh, accepting an apology and reconciliation. So for some of you, the reason why it has been hard to heal is you have remained engaged with and centering people who continue to hurt you, right? It is one thing for me to say, can I heal from a wound from my past, even when I didn't get an apology, but I have disengaged or disconnected from that person. But if you are continuing to give full access emotionally, time and energy to someone who continues to harm you, without apology, without remorse, without regret, without repentance, 
uh, then it will be hard to heal because it is not a past event, but it is ongoing. Yes. So you want to consider the level of connection or access to those who continue to hurt you. Right. There is a difference between past wound healing and continuous wound healing. So I want to make that distinction within myself. Is this ongoing? And if it is ongoing, then it is not only about healing, it is about self-preservation and self-protection. What are the things that I can do to try to reduce uh, my interaction with those who continue to hurt me uh, without apology? Yes? Now, for those who these are past events, uh, so it could have been in childhood, it could have been last year, it could have been last month, but it is past. A part of my healing is not only recognizing the cost of waiting, not only choosing to love myself enough to choose me, but it is also important for me to decide to shift more to the present, right? Many times we can replay events over and over again. But when we get to a place of radical acceptance, it means I didn't like what happened. I did not want that to happen. And at the same time, it happened. And no, no matter how many times I replay it in my mind, no matter how much regret or shame I cloak myself in, the past happened. And so what I have capacity to shift now is my present. And so I invite you to give yourself permission to show up for your present. A part of our healing does involve looking back, but not living back. Some of us are living in the past, reliving it every day. So we want to develop the capacity to spend some of our days, some of our hours, some of our focus in our present. That is a gift you give yourself is presence. It is also important to uh, give ourselves some perspective taking to understand who I was at that time. And if I have insight about it, who that person was at the time. The reason some of us stay uh, locked into the wound is because we believe that on some level we were deserving of the mistreatment or we feel like we are unworthy of love, of care, of respect. And so if I believe the action that was done to me says something about me, it will be hard to heal because I am holding a distorted thought about myself. I have given those violations meaning and allowed those experiences to define me. And so I invite you to consider that just because it happened to you does not mean that you were deserving of that or that it does not define who you are. 
And so as we take in the reality of that, it can help us uh, to shift, to break through, to uh, unleash and unlock ourselves from the lies that the mistreatment told us about who we are and what we deserve. I want to also invite you to step out of fantasy and begin creating the life you want. When I am waiting on apology, I am often stuck in the hope and dream of what could have been if people treated me differently. That I am stuck in the hope and dream of what if my parents had really been loving toward me? What if this former partner really felt bad and wanted to stay with me and choose me? What if, what if, what if uh, the supervisor who overlooked me could come to their senses and realize I really am the best person for the promotion? And so we get stuck in the fantasy, in the wish, in the desire for other people's behavior because we want to be seen in a particular way. And I invite you to grieve the fantasy that the reality is that is not where they are, that is not what happened. And so shifting into creating the life you want instead of waiting for people to hand you the life you desired. Ah, shifting to creating the life you want instead of waiting for other people to hand you the life that you desired. It can also be helpful as you are seeking to free yourself to write the apology that you wish you had received that never came. When you write down what you were hoping they would say, it can give you insight into the places where you may be stuck, right? If I am waiting for them to say that I didn't deserve it, is a part of me wondering if I deserved it? If I am waiting for them to say that they really did care, are there parts of me that feel abandoned by myself in ways I need to nurture, nourish, love and care for myself more boldly and courageously. And so what are the words that you're longing to hear from them? And then just check in with yourself to be sure that what you're waiting to hear from them, you have also to the capacity that you can given to yourself, that we give ourselves the love, the choosing, the priority that we wish other people had so that we can move toward our healing, toward our wellness, and toward our restoration. I want you to know that your physical health, your mental health, your emotional, your spiritual health can all be harmed by the waiting for that which is not coming. And so for your healing and restoration, on today, make a decision to choose you. And I know it is not as simple as 
one word or one phrase or even by the end of this episode, but it is an ongoing journey back home to ourselves. And I am not waiting for those who hurt me to give me the ticket or the permission to return to me. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.